we want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. We are in a series that's really cool called Authority, uh, learning to uh, take authority over the things in our lives that cause us uh, defeat and find victory. Um, there's a lot of subtitles I could use, um, so, but authority is a really important thing. I feel like um, all of the things that we talk about are very important, but this is one that um, if you want to walk in with a smile or with, at least with victory, you've got to understand your authority in Christ. Um, oh, that's nice to have. I didn't, would you guys sit separately today? Uh, I just gave a hard time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, last week, we established that our position allows us to stand in Christ's authority to see victory in many areas of our life. And our sister did a good job of whether she heard it or not. Pastor Jody, you came up and prayed, and that was basically what we talked about last week. So perfect. So thank you. No one else knows that because you don't remember. No one remembers what you talked about. But I'm like, yeah, that's good. Good, good segue here. Um, we were talking about Matthew, in Matthew 7, Jesus told the parable of the wise man who built his house on the rock, and then the foolish man built his house on the sand, and the one that had this house on the rock stood firm when the storms came, because the storms came to him still, even though he built his house on the rock, the storms still came, but then the man, the foolish man who built his house on the sand when the storms came, his house was destroyed, it was demolished. And um, I want to stay in Matthew 7. If you have a Bible today, um, open your Bible. Even if you have it on a phone, open there. You're going to see some of the scripture on the screen, but some of it you're going to be like, what was in between that? What was? Because it's really important that you see the context. Matthew 7 and Matthew 8, and there's a number of places in the Bible like that, but it seems like these two chapters um, are like saying, you have authority. I want to tell you in this way. Now I want to tell you this way. Now I want to tell you this way. Now I want to tell you this way. All through Matthew 7 and 8. So I want to look at a couple of places in there where um, Jesus teaches us about taking authority in the spiritual realm. And I want to call this message winning the argument. Could you put that up there? Winning the argument. Would you pray again with me? Not that we know that you are already here, God, with us, but we want you to be included in our listening today. I know if anyone needs help listening, I know I do. When I'm listening to someone speak, I need my listening to be anointed because my mind can wit, uh, wander and help us just to keep our minds in captivity to hear what you have something new, something new for us today. Lord, I pray that every person would hear something new from you today. Not that there's anything new in the Bible that we've not heard before, but when the Holy Spirit, when you speak to us, you're going to speak something new, fresh, fresh bread to our spirits. Let's hope that happens today, right? Amen. Winning the argument. I want to talk uh, just briefly in the physical realm about winning the argument as any of you married some of you are if you ever had a boyfriend or a girlfriend winning the argument is not necessarily your goal in marriage or you guys know that right or in even with friendships if you if that's your goal in friendships you're never gonna um have any friends 
because no one wants to be the one that loses the argument, right? Now, my sp specific situation, I'm married to a nice young lady named Cynthia who's in kids' ministry today. And um, I will tell you, how I don't emphatically, I do not try to win any argument. I try to lose arguments. That's what I do. That helps our marriage stay good. It works. It works for us. Um, we, um, and then there will be times, I mean, I got to give her credit. You know, there are times after you give in, you give in, you give in, you give in, you give in so long. They reciprocate and then you see love back and they give in to you and it's a love, it's a submissive back and forth relationship. That's the way it's supposed to be. But you, you know, you can joke a lot about, you know, winning arguments. Um, I want to show you a picture about an argument that we had uh, right here. I don't know if you can see it or not, but this is uh, a dog named Oliver. And um, he's Ollie, and he's in our house now. And he's going to become a psychiatric service dog for Jaden, which is great. But for the last, um, oh, I'd say five years, she's talked about it meaning Cynthia's talked about having a dog, and I've been like, no, we're not getting a dog. There's a lot of work. It's going to pee on the carpet. This guy has not done that yet, which is good. I don't know how that's happened. But um, he's, he's, he's really sweet, but I have not decided to love him yet. And, um, and, and I'm not, but I'm not going to win the argument. He's here now in our, in our house. We were talking about having a dog, talking about it, talking about it. And then all of a sudden, we had one. And so we've had him for about three weeks or something, feel like. He's like three months old. He's really cute. But um, winning the argument, it did not happen for me. I lost the argument, and we have the dog. Take him off the screen. He's so ugly. He's so ugly. But winning an argument in the spiritual realm is important. This is your battlefield. When there's a battle in your mind, when there's a battle in your spirit, when there's a battle in your flesh, should I look at this or should I not look at this? Should I do this or should I not? Should I say this or should I not? Should I believe this or should I not? These arguments happen all the time. Paul said it. I do the things I don't want to do and the things I should do, I don't do. I'm confused. I can't seem to do the right thing. He's ar constantly arguing with himself. And truly what's happening is almost like the Tom and Jerry thing where the devil's here and the angel's here and they're fighting. It's quite uh, real that happens to us. And um, I would say when your physical eyes and your spiritual eyes can't seem to agree, they argue. I want to look at a place where some spiritual eyes were arguing in Matthew 7 uh, and 8. And I'm going to look at the last verse that we looked at last week. It's found in Matthew 7, 28. Could you put it up there? I'm going to read it in the New King James Version. It says this. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings about the wise man and the foolish man, right? That the people were astonished at his teaching. Oh, wow. Jesus is, oh, he, they were astonished. Astonished to us sounds like, well, that's nice. But the, really what it's saying here is they, they were at, at odds with his teaching. 
they were astonished. They were considering stoning him, and some were considering crucifying him. They were astonished. Does what he says make sense? But it doesn't make sense because I like to build my house on the sand. Well, I like to build my house on the rock. I'm confused. It's another way, astonished is another way to say the parable had started a spiritual argument in their heart of hearts. Um, they were convicted, they were encouraged, they were challenged, and they were kind of mad all at the same time. Their spiritual eyes were seen, but their physical eyes were having trouble. We've all been there. And I ask you, have you been there? When you hear Jesus ask you certain things, Jesus says to you, do this, do this, do this. And you hear him, but you rather not hear what he said. You don't hear it with your spiritual ears. You hear it with your physical ears and you say, I didn't hear that, right? Um, verse 29 goes on to say, um, they, they had said, um, they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them, verse 29 says, he taught them as one having, do you have the actual verse too, 729? He taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. This word authority, I want to look at it. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. They were astonished because, now you're going to stay with me. You're going to think with me for like 20 minutes. We'll be out of here, okay? Or it'll be 35 minutes if you don't think with me because I feel like they're not getting it, so I'm going to keep saying it a different way. There you go back there. I heard it. I heard it in the balcony over there. All you out there in TV land, we, we got our balcony over here. How are you guys doing up there? They're, they're way up there. You can't hardly hear them because they're so far up. Good to see you guys. I'm glad it's full. I'm glad this is full too. Good. Um, he taught them. He, they were astonished because he taught with authority. I want to look at the word authority, and I'm going to spend, you're going to feel like I'm going to spend too much time with this next slide. Put it up there. Um, and you might not even be able to read it from where you're at. You could take a picture of it, and then you could zoom in on your phone. But I'll just tell you exactly what it says. It says this, authority, oh, that's weird, huh? Did it finally die? It's time for a TV. We need some big screens in here. That would be better starting next week. For he taught them as one having authority. Authority came, authority comes from the word author. Every word in our English language comes from somewhere else. And usually Greek or Hebrew, um, and then it'll go into Latin, and then it'll come into maybe another language before it gets to English. Let's go back to the start of this word. Authority comes from the word author. This is really important that you know this. Everybody say author. Ooh, that was lovely. They knew the author back in the day, and really today in the, our, our, our world, the author of something, you have to go to the author to get the real answer, to get the, uh, the, uh, the argument settled. If you're in an argument, you go to the one who did it. Which kid did it? You did it. I'm going to go to you. What happened? And they tell you they're the author. We go to the author to get an argument settled. And what Jesus, what, what they were saying about Jesus is, this man is the author. In fact, I think he's not even 
like someone who's heard the authority or knows what it's about, but he's the actual author of this word. He speaks as one with authority. The word authority literally means, the authority literally meant the condition or state of being the author. I said I'm going to spend too much time with it. Let me say it in a different way. Jesus is the condition and the state or the state of being the author of your argument. In any situation, Jesus is that author. Jesus is that condition. Let me say it this way. If any argument you are in where your flesh wants to disagree with your spirit, your flesh, your spirit man and your and your and your human man, your spirit man and your flesh man, if they disagree with each other, Jesus is the author and the authority that settles your argument. So don't go to your flesh and say, what should I do, flesh? You're a sinful person, you're an evil person, and the, and the, the devil's going to help with this, the spirits are going to help. They're going to tell you opposite. You always go to Jesus for your answer to your argument. Say amen, or we'll, or we'll stay on this. Okay, got it. So in essence, one more time, the author, the authority that Jesus had made every other rabbi's words um, not very important at all. So they said, wow, this man speaks with authority, not as the other rabbis. He's got something about him because why? He spoke as the author. So what does um, this mean for us? That's what, it, that's what matters. That's what you want to get out of this. What does it mean for us? Let me uh, explain it by looking at the very next thing that happened. In Matthew 7, it was ending with that word. Uh, they were... They were amazed they were astonished he taught his authority then it goes into chapter 8 look at chapter 8 what happens next Ma uh, Matthew chapter 8 verse 2 it says behold a leper came to him this happened right after they didn't have chapters back then Jesus wasn't walking along and saying okay guys Matthew Mark we're switching to chapter 8 now okay here we go and then a leper came. No, it just happened, okay? A leper came to them and said, Lord, if you're willing. This guy figured it out. He knew something because he called him Lord. It says the leper came and worshiped him, so he knew he had authority. And then it says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What does Jesus say back to him? Then Jesus put his hand out and touched him and said, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy was gone. That's pretty awesome. It was cleansed. Leprosy was one of the worst epidemics of the time. It was a death sentence for someone. It was extremely contagious. Yet Jesus reaches out his hands toward him, showing, I have the authority over leprosy, over any sickness, over any disease that you have amongst you, that I can take care of it, be cleansed. He was showing his authority. Why is this significant to us? Number one, and we only have two points. There's not four, there's not five. One, we, why is this significant to us? We have the power to speak with this authority too. We have the power to speak with this authority too. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 4. Don't get confused. I'm not going to get too, too confusing, but listen. 
It says there in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, Paul was explaining this later on. Stay with me. Though we walk in the flesh, how many walk in the flesh at times? Mondays come along, you walk in the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. We're not in a fight against our flesh. We're not, the war, the war scene is not in the flesh. For the weapons of our war, they're not flesh. They're not carnal. But instead, they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. They are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We have the power to speak with authority. And this says that our our warfare, when we pray, when we declare things, that it tears down strongholds. Let me explain to you. Interestingly, by telling you what, the, what a couple of these words mean. Remember how we said the author on something was the only one who could settle an argument? I, got re- I was very clear about that, right? The author is the only one that can settle an argument. If you look at this word strongholds, which it does mean some of the other things that we've talked about, um, about the bricks, but this is uh, the literal meaning of strongholds. It's the word akamora in the Greek. Strongholds means arguments. Strongholds means arguments. And it says, it's, God, our, our weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but mighty in God for pulling down arguments. Another word for arguments is our imaginations. Another word for our arguments are you know, our imaginations, has your imagination ever gotten the best of you? In 2020, something happened, and some of our imaginations took off, right? Every one of us thought the worst about everything. Not that there wasn't terrible things going on, but you, when you leave things up, when you leave the argument to be settled by your imagination, you're going to have some problems, right? It says um, that, you know, that our warfare is, Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. In essence, we can conclude if strongholds means arguments, listen, we can speak life. When we speak life, we are pulling down a stronghold of the enemy and applying what Jesus has paid for and bought through the cross to the fights we face. That's a lot. When we speak life, we are pulling down the stronghold of the enemy and applying what Jesus has already paid for and bought through the cross to the fights we face. I'm going to say it again. I'll say it in a little bit different way. When we speak life, when we speak healing, when we speak wholeness, when we speak against the enemy through the spiritual realm, we are pulling down the stronghold of the enemy. Listen, we are demolishing arguments of the enemy just by speaking. That's why I love worshiping. When I worship and I sing something like that song, it actually had the word strongholds in it. Let's go back to it. This is not, this is not good to do, but I'm going to. There was a song we sang. I think it was like the first, second song we sang. Can you help me, Bethany? And there was a verse and it said something about strongholds in it. Huh? God of revival. Can you go to the verse of that song for a minute? You're like, oh, there you are. We are seen. Uh, we have seen you done things before. Keep going. Keep going. The things you've done, yes. 
because there's no prison wall, which uh, strongholds are the prison of lies. You can't break through, no mountain you can't hold. Every stronghold will crumble here and stay here. Here the chains hit the ground. Oh, God of revival, pour it out. What I'm saying is when you speak things like this, Every stronghold crumble, and my voice is the best. I sing so great. You should hear me up here. But when I'm singing, I'm not just singing, and you're not just praising, right? We are declaring things. So when you sing something like every stronghold will crumble, here the chains hit the ground, it's not like I wish this would happen. You're speaking it into existence because I said when we speak a life, when we speak something through the spiritual realm, we are literally, we are literally, not figuratively, pulling down strongholds. We are demolishing arguments in our mind of the enemy. We are taking out our imaginations and putting Jesus in the place of that. We are applying we are literally applying when we say every stronghold will crumble. We are applying what Jesus did on the cross. He died for our sins. He died for our healing to our lives by saying it. It's so important. Our, light, our, our words are so, so important. Let's move on. Today, because the author lives in us, works through us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can settle arguments in the spiritual realm. I just wanted to make that clear. Because the Holy Spirit is in us, he works through us. We settle arguments, not because of us, not because of who we are, but the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me, is in you. He's in you. So when you declare something, spirit comes out. The Bible, Jesus said to the people, you're looking for the water. It's inside you. What do you mean it's inside me? I put my spirit in you all. Oh, the water is inside and it'll come out. But guess what? It runs out. No, he says, the more you speak it, the more it'll become a river that'll just keep going. It won't be a swamp unless you, yeah, we won't go into that today, but it'll be a river. You'll just keep speaking life and speaking life and speaking life. Our words hold a lot of weight. Literally, um, the, the, the word... Um, because we walk in his authority, our words hold weight. Literally, part of the word authority, uh, if you look at some of the different definitions, is one of them is gravity. Is gravity. So our words hold gravity. When we speak, boom, they fall, they drop. And you, and you walk away from it and be like, I just said it, go away, you know. Our words hold gravity. And our words can bring life to pass. All right, one other thing I want to look at. What else does this authority mean for us? If you look right after this at verse 16 in Matthew chapter 8, you could look at the very next story, in it, and I could teach you something about authority from that. But let's just look at the, the one, verse 16. This is the same chapter that we were in where the leper was healed. Then it says, when evening came. Okay, so that day evening came, and they thought to hit, they brought to him <laughs> many who were demon-possessed. Okay, we're getting serious here. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed some. No, he healed all. I wish this happened all the time, that Jesus did this. But it says that he healed all who were sick. That evening, people came to him who were demon-possessed, were sick, and it says he healed all. 
Notice it says, he cast out the spirits with a word. Everybody say word. I'm going to go back to that in a minute. Word. That it might be fulfilled, verse 17, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. In other words, he healed all who were there, who were sick, who were demon-possessed, based on what Isaiah said in the Old Testament. It's not even New Testament stuff. He took the authority that he saw from Isaiah that he healed, uh, surely he took our infirmities and bore our sickness. And that's what he used to heal those around him. I want to ask this, what does this mean for us? Here's number two. This is the last point. When you need authority, when you're in a situation, when you are dark, when you are messed up, when your life is feeling defeated, when you wish you had the answer, go to the Word of God. Oh, wow, that's so deep. Yes, it is. Go to the Word of God. Read the Bible. Everybody listen and everybody smile. We're almost to the end here today, but read the author of life's words, and I guarantee you will walk in another realm of authority. When you read this book, you, you don't need new revelation. You don't need a new podcast. You don't need a new book, although they're great. And I do read books, and I do listen to lots of podcasts. But what you really need is just this book. Just this book. When you're looking for authority, you read something in it, and it jumps out at you, and you all of a sudden have authority over your situations. Jesus did it all the time. Jesus was, remember, he was in the desert. Matthew 4, he was being tempted by the devil. He was fasting like we did for 40 days. He fasted 40 days. No way I could do that, I don't think. But while he was being tempted, Jesus used the word of God. Over and over he said, the devil would say something. He'd say, it is written, devil. It is written four times. It is written. It is written. He used the word. Oh, you say today, I'm, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm, I'm just hungry for more. Oh, I, I'm hurting. I'm doubting. My arguments just won't stop. I'm overwhelmed. You say it is written. You look at the word and you declare it. You don't have to get something new. It's right in you. Every house has a Bible somewhere. Find it. And if you don't have one, you have a phone. You can get it on your phone. Read the words of God. The words of Jesus have the power to settle your argument. Why? Because he's the author. He's the author. Thank you for the amen. Now look quickly back at Matthew 8, 16, just for one second, and then we'll move on. Go back to that verse. It says this. Um, Matthew 8, 16 when the evening had come, they brought the men they were healed and cast out. And he did it with a word. I want to look at that word just for a second. I'm not going to get real geeky with it. But that word, literally, the Greek word for that is lego. I like that word. I can say it. Lego. That, the word, he says, he spoke with a word and they were healed. That word lego, guess what it means? In the Greek, it says it right there. It says, Lego means laying an argument to rest. 
He did it with the word. He laid the argument to rest. God is the healer. God is the argument settler in your life. Isn't it cool? It's just kind of all fits together. You would think that something like the Holy Spirit was doing this. If you remember, John says, in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God, Jesus. He was talking about Jesus. The word he uses for Jesus is logos, which is the noun form of legos, which is the, uh, the, the, the verb. It's the same word that Jesus is the argument settler. He is the word. <laughs> so what do we know? We're finished today. Can you come up uh, and play? Or you, if you, or maybe you could play better than him. If you have a, you have a nice hat on, okay. Anyone in the room, everyone join us on the, on the, on the stage and we'll all just play and it'll be great. <laughs> we'll settle the arguments of the world. What do we know today? We know this. Smile, smile, everyone. We have the power to speak with this authority that Jesus has. We have that same authority. We have that same authority. We have the power. Number two, when you need authority, go to the word of God. Very simply. We, know, we, don't, we don't know much, but we know those two things. Our weapons in the, in, in the physical realm, in the spiritual realm, are not fleshly. They're powerfully effective. When you pray, when you speak, when you worship, when you praise, when you declare, you settle arguments. Because your weapons, that you're, your, your words that you're using are spiritual. God has given you authority that your words mean something. They hold weight. I ask you this today, and just maybe, maybe you don't need to close your eyes, and maybe you can uh, just focus yourself and just think. But what has the Holy Spirit spoken to you today? As we've been worshiping, as we've been declaring things, as we celebrate, as you listen to what the Bible's talking about with authority, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? Because I know what I want you to know, but what does the Holy Spirit want you to take away today? Where does he want you to go? What does he want different in your life when you leave here? I don't know. I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to do a test. I'm not going to say, raise your hand and tell me. But would you just say, Holy Spirit, just speak to me right now. What what are you saying to me about the way that I claim your authority? Am I, am I doing a good job or am I the wimpiest Christian in kingdom come? Because sometimes I feel like I'm the wimpiest. And there's no one that declares less than me. What, what's my problem? What are you speaking to me, Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit would probably say to you, no, you're not. You are are a child of God, as that last song, that song said that we sang. You are chosen. You are not forsaken, right? You are not a sinner. Yes, you sin, but you're not a sinner. You are a child of God. You are not the head, or you are not the tail. You are the head. You are not uh, less than. You are seated with he in heavenly realms with Christ, as Ephesians says. Oh, not me. I don't have a place of honor with Christ. Yes, you do. 
You don't deserve it. I know that. You wouldn't. Who's the first to say you don't deserve it? Yourself, right? But Jesus says, I've seated you with me in heavenly realms. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be insecure. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be upset. You don't have to be defeated. You are a child of God and you have that authority. I, I wrote down here, I know he's already challenged you with some things. What are they? I think that's one of the things he's challenging you with. Don't be that, don't be that Christian that gives God a bad name by being, um, oh, I'm afraid, I can't do this, I'll never make it, I, I can't tell anyone about him, I'm embarrassed, I'm sh Who are we, right? We are the church, we are unstoppable. When we claim Jesus on our, realize Jesus is on our side, who can be against us? Maybe he's saying to you today, and this I want you to close your eyes for, get right now, right here, get it right, who is in charge of your life. If you don't know Jesus is in charge, then you will never uh, claim that authority and, and help anyone else. Jesus is in charge of your life. Let's get that straight right now. If you're in this room today, and you need to make, make a new commitment, maybe a first-time commitment to Jesus. It's not about, oh, let's put up another number that someone got saved today. It's this, but this is why we're here. This is the main reason we're here is so people get to know Jesus, rededicate their lives to Jesus. We want them to grow, but first they need to meet him. They need to rededicate. So this is important. If you're here in the room, nobody looking, would you just kind of look at me, but put your hand up and say, yes, I need to make that dedication today anybody let me see it amen anybody else amen anybody else you need to just fix it right now put jesus on the throne where he belongs amen amen anybody else we're going we're going on okay today you're doing that let's say this prayer together would we all say this jesus you're in charge everybody in the room jesus it feels good to say it because you know you're not Jesus, you're in charge. I need your help. You're on the throne of my heart. Would you just mean it? Say, so you are on the throne of my heart. I give you my life. Forgive me. Help me live for you. That's easy. Maybe he's calling you to, uh, you can open your eyes, hold more weight with your words. Make your words hold more weight. I've seen this. I don't mean to pick on your sister, but um, that's something that you've, you've learned a long time ago, and it's obvious in the way you talk. You, you, you know your words hold weight, not because you were a flight attendant, because you were. Are you still a flight attendant too? Is that where you got your authority? No, you got it from Jesus, right? They are, your words hold weight. This sister over here, I'm going to just pick on lots of sisters. This sister, Adriana, she knows her, she knows her words hold weight. When she prays, wow, that's something else. Sandy, when she, when she declares something, your words hold weight. And sometimes the enemy's arguments will say, no, they don't, no, they don't, no, they don't. Yes, they do. You're like, shh, I didn't hear, I didn't hear the arguments in your mind. You heard, everyone's told that. Amanda, your words hold weight. Look across the room. Sandy, this lady, the different Sandy, all right? Sandy with the Y. She'll text me on the, on the phone during the week, and, I'll, and it'll just be like, this, be like this. She'll say like one sentence, and I'll be like, oh, my gosh. Go across this room. 
oh man, then I'm going to be leaving people out. I, I, there's so, you guys already know this. I guess I didn't need to preach it. But the people that's words hold weight, that's the ones the enemy attacks because he's afraid. So that you need to hear this again, Bethany. Amen. Your words hold weight. Oh man, I got a lot to say. Let's stand up. Let's say a prayer and we'll close. Would you go this week and declare new life? I don't think we declare enough. I, and I'm not saying declare new Corvettes and new mansions for your, yourself. I'm saying declare new life. This world we live in is so dead right now. Would you let the Spirit work through you and just declare life on things? I declare life here. I declare new song here. I declare new new wine here. I declare new bread here. I declare, just declare new around you, on your families, on your marriages. Would you do that this week? Would you declare new things? Man, I so want to sing a song, but we've got to close. We sing, we do it quick. We do it super quick. Come up, worship team. Let's do it real quick. Let's sing something like that. Is it the great I am? Should we sing? something. Let's declare it together. Would you say this prayer after me? Lord, help me to walk and speak with your authority. Lead me to the word of God when I need victory. You don't have to say this, but instead of leading to your imagination and to your own arguments, lead me to the word of God. And then this, I proclaim, say this strongly, I proclaim, you as the author and the authority in all, in some, no, in all the storms of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll close with this song. We'll be dismissed after this. The mountains shake before Come you. On. The Me demons too. run and flee. At the mention of his name, King of Majesty. There is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am, 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 the great Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.